0: You're listening to Harper Audio Presents, a podcast that brings you conversation and inspiration from your favorite authors, editors, and creators, giving you new perspectives on the world of books, culture, and the arts. We are part of the HarperCollins Presents network of podcasts. I'm Anna Maria Alessi, and with me today is Simon Toyn, the author of the hugely popular books Sanctus The Key and the Tower. He joins us today to talk about his new book, The Searcher, publishing in the States on October 6 from William Morrow Books. Welcome, Simon, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Now normally, at the very beginning, I often say, tell us a little bit about your book. But I read an interview that you gave where you talked about this book after you had just finished your first draft. So I'm going to read to you what you said the book was about after your first draft, and then you tell me how close it is. See if it bears
1: any resemblance right. right now.
0: Now you say, it's about a man who doesn't know who he is, and he's on an epic journey of redemption. And it's kind of mystical, but it's modern. And he has to travel to various places and go to various dangerous places. And all of these places have secrets. And to find the secret and fix something, and in each of these places, he learns something about himself wait, 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 there's one more thing where you actually, this I think is remarkable. You say, it's very roughly based on the 10 commandments, so it might be 10 books with each one very loosely themed on one of the commandments, and he has to go and redress the balance of these holy laws that have been put out of kilter.
1: Yes. It's changed a bit. Uh, not massively. Um, the thing is, that describes the whole, um, the whole series. series. Yeah, not this for, not The Searcher. The Searcher is kind of the first step on this very long journey, this epic journey of redemption. Um, and it was really interesting because my the previous books had a very, very strong religious theme running through them. Um, and from from that and then the first draft and subsequent drafts of the searcher it's kind of moved more away from being overtly about sort of Western recognized Christian Abrahamic religions and therefore less about the Ten Commandments I mean they certainly figure there's a big plot point the Ten Commandments and this lost page from the Bible a Bible an old Bible has got this page ripped out of it and it's the page where the Ten Commandments were on um, and you know that's kind of a key element through through the the story what we wanted to do with his character with the Solomon Creed who's the main character is um, is I wanted him to make him kind of mythic, and I wanted him to make him sort of this iconic um, drifter, you know, sort of like the samurai or the, you know, the gunslinger, you know, the, the stranger who rolls into town. It's that kind of thing, you know, the person who's who's a misfit, who's there, but who's who's drawn by this, this compulsion to try and find out who he is, because he knows nothing about himself, but he seems to know everything about everything else. You know, he knows the world entire, you know, he can look at anything and know it you know it's like it's like his wikipedia ripples through his head but he looks at his own hand and he cannot remember anything about himself you know the only way he knows what his name is is because it's written on the label inside his jacket and uh, and so he's trying to reclaim himself you know i thought it was a really interesting thing um you know so he's this kind of m- amazingly powerful person in some respects because he has this huge knowledge you know and i think we sort of revere knowledge and right. and sort of erud- erudition um and yet he's like a child because he's you know when we meet him he's walking down this road in arizona
0: you use the phrase gunslinger which i thought is interesting because it it, it has, matches yeah. the setting so it's a, West, a little it's bit very western
1: well i you know i mean that's an iconic thing as you know i think westerns are you know they, they are the great american myths you know the mythologizing uh, of those kind of stories those fairy tales are very much epit- epitomized in those westerns and I, I so i wanted to so in the first one i, re- I really wanted to um, i wanted him to be in a desert and i just i liked the old the idea of uh, of him kind of walking down these kind of dusty roads that are historic but not that historic you know i didn't want again if like if it would if i'd gone down the kind of abrahamic uh, 10 right. commandments thing then you go and i've done all that with the first three books so i wanted it to be sort of relatively recent history Close enough that there's living memory, so that when he's asking people about this thing and trying to piece together the mystery of why he's there and why he's drawn to this town, uh, and the name of the town is Redemption, Redemption, Arizona, so you know there's a big clue there. Um, and all he knows when he arrives is he's, there's a guy there, he's got this name in his head, and he knows, he has this huge kind of like strong sense that he needs to save this man. Uh, but then as he walks into town, um, he finds out that this, they buried him that, that morning. And so, you know, the, the big kind of central question of the searcher is how do you save a man who is already dead?
0: Now, do you start with your themes and back everything into it, or do you start with a general plot idea and and work the theme? How, how, how do the the ideas of theme work into your writing process? I mean, it sounds like you start with these bigger ideas.
1: It's It's a bit like a recipe. You know, you start off with an idea of what you want it to taste like and you have a few ingredients that you know you're going to need and then you kind of mix them together. It's a bit like that. I often have a title or a character or a situation uh, or an ending. I often have the ending and I kind of go, oh, that's a good ending. That's a good mystery to be discovered. And who's, you know, so who needs to discover that? Um, you know, who who would be the best person to, who, uh, you know, go on that journey and how, who would it be the hardest for? Because, you know, the job as a thriller writer is to create a character and then give them a goal and then put things in their way. And so the more drama you get out of a situation from how hard it is. Um, and so I, I do tend to kind of work backwards. And so the themes do come into it, you know, and I just like, I'm, I like big themes you know I Mm -hmm. like big operatic themes I like good and evil and you know past and redemption and all these kind of like big big sort of meaty themes
0: right I'm going to actually quote because I think that I read that you said that the Sanctus trilogy your first trilogy was in response to the question what if right at the beginning of time when history took a right turn what happened to the people who were left behind who were stayed on the left side of the path
1: well, it's that thing. It's the notion of, you know, everyone knows that the history is written by the victors, you yeah. know, and, uh, and and they rewrite it to suit themselves and make them, you know, it's like everything. It's like the good guys always win in history because they're the ones who write the history books. Um, and so I just thought, what if, if all of that was wrong? And, uh, and, this no, and this notion of these kind of heretic sect who were kind of squashed, but they were actually the right ones. And so everything we know and everything we followed and everything that has been the kind of foundation of modern Western religion is based on the fact that the bad guys were. and they've sort of and they know and they've kind of got this secret which proves it and they kind of held on to it Um, and and what if that secret was still present in the modern age and someone then discovers it and reveals it
0: now with with your first book and your first trilogy had you been walking around with these questions in your brain because I know you came to it after 20 years of of television production very successful television producer was it one of those things that you put yourself to sleep with it, and then I know the story of you get in the van and you you go to france was it was france, france right yeah, where you, yeah. know, you give yourself x amount of weeks to to do it and you use up that weeks and then you go back home and you 're working you know mornings and nights
1: i was it was i'd been walking around for a long time with the notion that I wanted to write a book, and I always wanted to write a big book with big themes um and um and yeah, that I, I kind of worked for twenty years in television, and that is often the way. And it's very creative, and it's very tiring. And so I didn't really have anything left in the tank to attempt because to book. Because it's
0: sort of you have to get through x amount of pages a day, and you turn around and you just start it's right just, over again. And it's, and it's, and yes, it's, it's, it's relentless. Very...
1: It's really hardcore. Yeah. And so um, I didn't. So I didn't want to attempt a book with sort of the tank half empty, you know. I didn't want to sort of run a marathon in the evening after spending a day running a marathon, because you knew the second marathon probably wouldn't have a very good time. Um, so I, I gave myself six months. And because I was a script writer, um, amongst other things as a producer, I knew I had the discipline to sit down and produce something. But the big question was, was, was it gonna be any good? Um, and so I saved uh, some money and um, for it to buy myself six months off to give it a go. And I thought I could write a first draft of something in six months if it was modern and you know uh, something I didn't need to research and close to my own experience yeah. so I was very much trying to do a Hitchcockian kind of you know ordinary man in extraordinary circumstances type thing but then like when I quit I suddenly had this idea this just this it just, this, really, it just came to me really and it was the thing and I think you know maybe your, the question is very good actually because it's it's like I think what it did is it tapped into themes that I'd been thinking of and things that had interested me for a long time and that was the grit and then all of those ideas kind of like latched onto this thing and even though in the end it required me to do a huge amount of research and build effectively a town yeah. uh, and a, with a whole yeah, history in the yeah. you know in the Taurus mountains in Anatolia in, in southern Turkey and and create this whole mythology around this place and the, the, the you know and, and the mythology of this secret and this fortress where the secret is kept which took ages to get right and to sort of you know of work course. it out um, so by the yeah by the end of that 6 months I'd spent a good Three quarters of it just for doing research, and I had about a hundred and something pages. But I had something, and it was just—it was the best idea, and I just knew that I had to. Um uh, do the best. If it, if it was going to fail, I didn't want to fail by going. Oh, I should have done that other idea; it was better. You know, you, d- you don't want to fail by playing safe. You want to fail spectacularly. So that's. I went for it, and it, fortunately, it worked out. Although it took a lot longer to write the first draft, and it was the same with the Searcher. It was just the best idea I had at the time when I'd finished the trilogy, and I was looking for something else to write. Um, you know, I didn't want to repeat myself and do another kind of historical mystery with an artifact or all that, because I felt I'd really explored everything I wanted to with the trilogy. Um, And I kind of, you know, you always have the best ideas when you're in the middle of something else and it doesn't apply. And I have this ideas folder with... All sorts of bits. It's like a scrapbook. Yeah, scrap I want to hear book. about
0: that. What, what does it look like?
1: It looks very messy. Um, but I mean, uh, what
0: size is it? And well, I have do two. I have it. one on my
1: laptop, which is just thoughts. So okay. I just type them in, and sometimes I'll read an article and I'll paste the link in. So it's just sort of it's there as a, as a kind of an archive. But I also I'm very visual, so I'll see things and rip things out and put it in, and you know, it's not really an, a, a book. It's like a pile of stuff. I think that's probably the best way to describe it is a pile of stuff. And I'll kind of go through it and see stuff. Sometimes it's just like a face, so you know, a photograph of someone that's mm. just interesting. You're yeah. like, who's you know. What What's that guy's story? Um, sometimes it's an article. Sometimes it's just like a really nice picture that just seems very evocative of, of mood or something. It's very, very, you know, it's like I'm a, all the authors are magpies. You know, we sort of take things from wherever. Uh, so when I'd finished the trilogy and I was looking for something to write, I kind of went through and I came across this one line, uh, which, was, um, which, I'd, which I'd written and I'd come up with when I was in the middle of writing the second book of the trilogy. So it was a couple of years old by the time I got back to it. And it was called 13 Souls, and it was like Guy has to redeem himself by um, uh, saving 10 souls, um, or saving 12 souls, and the 13th is his own. And that's it. That was it. That was the outline. And then I kind of thought, why 13? Interesting number. And then I thought about Ten Commandments, and, you know, that gives a kind of theme to each one. Um, And I just love – I always wanted to do um, an odyssey, you know, a a Mm. journey, because I I think it's just the perfect, pure structure of – any, story, I mean, you know, going back to the Odyssey and yeah. you know all those kind of great epic journeys um, and Greek mythology again, and I just wanted to do a modern Odyssey, a modern thing where someone is on this very painful journey to try and find out who they are, because I, because you know, in that universal thing, you know, I try and write big, universally appealing books with big concepts at the centre is we're all on that journey we are all on a big journey you know life is a big journey where you go through it and you you have adversity and you have to battle your way through stuff and you feel like you're making it up a lot of the time and you are trying to battle your way towards a sense of yourself so I think you know that at the heart of the searcher even though it's got all the kind of modern thriller things it's got intrigue it's got um, good good guys bad guys it's got all of that it's got secrets being kept it's you know the town has got secrets that want to be kept and solomon by the very nature of him trying to find out who he is has to ask the questions which then puts him in danger it's got all of that kind of thriller stuff but the the overarching thing for the whole series is this notion of the yeah, journey it's the, the journey. journey yeah
0: now how, how do you measure success
1: getting away with it i suppose that's the thing <laughs> it's to the point where you get to the end and you go i haven't ruined it it's 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 all right it's not as bad as it could be i'll do better next time you know it's that whole thing is like you know fail fail well
0: and what frightens you
1: yeah, I'm a family man, and so anything to do with you know family and that kind of thing. I always think I should be writing stuff, you know, about tapping into those f- f- fears of like you know losing children, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I probably will, um, but um, and they, they, they elements come into the books, I think, but but they're not sort of like the the primary plot. But that's that's what fear. I mean, I worry a bit about. The book's not selling or, you know, me writing something that everybody hates and all that sort of stuff. But largely in a, oh, then how am I going to feed the family? That's that, the thing. It's all about, it all goes back to family.
0: But maybe your daughter will be able to, I mean, I understand you're not the only writer in the family.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm the second best writer in my family. It's true. Uh, my, my daughter, is a, who's 12, uh, uh, nearly 12, um, is an award-winning author. I am not an award-winning author. Um, I'm an award-winning television producer, but I'm not an award-winning author. No, there's this really big um, competition um, in uh, the UK. It's only been going for about four or five years, but it's huge now, and to the point where it's part of the the syllabus. You know, at schools, whole classes will do their 500-word thing and submit them. Um, And my daughter submitted a story that she wrote when she was eight, and so she was in the young category. Um, a 500 word story called the, the Starlings of West Pier It's about a little girl who's just come from her grandmother's funeral And she's missing her and she sees the starlings And they do this murmuration where they kind of create shapes You know, they shoal in the sky And she starts seeing shapes in there And they land on the pier And the, the grandly told stories of the pier it's beautiful, it's beautiful, the imagery is amazing And she won, she won the whole thing And there were like 90,000 90, 90, entries And hers won, she was the best So there you now go
0: what, what,
1: So she can carry on the tradition
0: who are, who are your first readers? Who do you share your pages with?
1: Well, I consider myself my first, you know, I try and write a book that I want to read. You know, it's got to be something that I think I haven't seen before or uh, a, a story that hasn't been told in a certain way. It's got to interest me to that degree because it's a major undertaking writing a book. Writing a book. It's a commitment. You know, it's a relationship you have with this story for a long time. And it gets tough. You know, like any relationship it requires work and effort. When I get to about 100-ish pages, I'll show my wife. She's another voracious reader. She doesn't really read thrillers, and so it's quite good because she'll yeah, sort of... She's if she's a it, tougher it, audience. She's a tough yeah. audience. good. Um, so I'll, I'll show it to her, and she'll give me kind of feedback. Um, and I can always tell because if I show her something and she goes, oh, it's good, I know it's good. And if she reads it and goes, yeah, it's that little, the, yeah, the kind of like S-shaped sound. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. And she'll go... I'm not sure, and she'll always ask the exact right question of, like, yeah, I'm not sure this, I don't really like this guy. And I'm like, going, what do you mean? He's there?" And I'll, you know, go really defensive and go, yeah, but he's this and he's whatever. And he's like, you know, he's, and then I'll kind of go away and I'll calm down and go, yeah know, she's right. And then I'll change it. Um, uh, and then I, I have, I often show, I've got two or three people I'll show early drafts to just to sort of give a, it's quite a responsibility giving someone a book to read. So yeah. I always make sure I'm, when I give it to people to read, I'm giving it to two or three people and I let them know that I'm giving it to two or three people because then okay, they don't, so feel, they don't the feel the burden the, of I responsibility. See. And also I'm very specific, I'll say, because I generally know what's working and what's not working and I'll ask very specific questions, questions. like, okay. you know, um, did you guess, you know, at this point, where do you think it's going? What do you think of this character? You know, um, is this too confusing? Uh, do you need more information? Where do you feel it needs more information at right. you know, any point where it 's like you know very specific because then they rather than them looking at this thing and going oh my god i 've got to say something about this uh, it 's it's more useful for me because I'll, I kind of know the stuff that needs tweaking and and The good they- thing as well is if you give it to three people and all three come back and go that character sucks, then that character sucks and if they come back and one person says that character sucks, and the other two don 't mention it, the character might not suck It probably doesn 't in fact, now, and are also they this bad thing. Uh, there's a mixture. There's okay. a mixture of people I who I you know I trust their kind of their judgment and um, and some writers um, and then I give it to my agent who also is very harsh and she'll read it and kind of go. But well, she's normally kind of going. When is it? When are you gonna finish it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many words? How are many left? words? Yeah, I
1: say, that sounds too long. Can you cut some of that? I'm like, no, no, I'll show you the whole thing. Like the the searcher was 182,000 words first draft. Really? Which is big. It's not that now. It's more like about 120. Still big,
0: but satisfying, big.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I got rid of all the yeah the dead all the bits that people said sucked.
0: Now, when you were first transitioning from your television work to writing did you did you rely on writers groups or re- really did you just have the the self-motivation and the self-confidence and the vision to sort of do it yourself and and not join a writers group and show pages and and that sort of
1: I don't no i've never been part of a writers group and i've never had a creative writing course but when i was younger i studied scripts i'm a real right. big cinephile and so i've studied scripts i've made short films which is how i ended up having a career yeah. in television And I I kind of think the books I write are sort of like big blockbusters in a book form. You know, they have that scale and they have that pace. Yep. um, And they're structured like, you know, I write Mm -hmm. short scenes that are intercut. So it's very filmic in that kind of respect.
0: Now, what was the last book you had a conversation about and what did you say?
1: I just read um, Greg Hurwitz's new one, Orphan X. And I was, I was just telling someone, well, I've just come from Thrillfest, yeah, so I was been just Thrillers, 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 yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> and I said, and, and there's a board, and I said, oh, I just read that, I blurbed that for the UK, and I said, it's very good. I like Greg Hurwitz. The book I really, really had lots of conversations about last year was Station Eleven,
0: uh-huh.
1: which I absolutely loved, and I was just like being, evangel- I was evangelizing about it, I was pressing ha- it into people's hands. You were hand-selling hands. it. I was totally, I was like, oh, have you read this? You've got to read this. It's amazing. And I think I read it because I was uh, off the back of the tower, which has a similar sort of end of days kind of fee. And it was like it was just really interesting to see a totally different take on that on those, you know, those kind of things. It was just it was great. It was beautifully written as well.
0: Now, if you had to recommend a book to a 13 year old boy who's sort of your your quintessential, let's say, reluctant reader.
1: Oh, that's tough. Um, what, to try and get them to read? Yeah, just, or just something just that a, you would say,
0: oh, I think this will be successful. I think that you will enjoy reading this. Because you know that that's a, they sort of drop out at that point.
1: Well, I suppose, you know, I, this is not because of the movie, but I would say The Hobbit. Because I think The Hobbit is one of those books that very successfully bridges um, fairy tale that they'll yeah. be familiar with with more kind of adult sort of, theme. you know, scary, yeah. suspenseful themes. And that would be, I mean, it's, a, it's an absolute genius of a book.
0: All right, now my last question were you to be banished to a desert island and you could take only three books
1: what would you take i would take two books that were all shaped and i'd want a massive inflatable book and i would get off the island i wouldn't want to be on an island i would just go yeah, mad you don't, it don't like me. you don't like a Do
0: beach know, it's vacation. funny
1: no because um, the thing about being a writer is it is by nature predominantly solitary you can't really write by committee you have to go alone in a room and disappear into your head and Imagine these things and try and think that they're real and then transcribe them to a page. And there is, I don't know, any shortcut way of that other than being on your own a lot. And I'm quite um, sociable. And I come from 20 years in television, which is a very noisy, very collegiate kind of working creative experience. And I'd miss all that. I work in cafes because I need the noise and I need people around and whatever. I can't, if I sit in my office and I find silence oppressive. It's a bit too quiet in here to be honest. Well, Thank God you're well, here. We're
0: almost done. <laughs> so you really won't give me any ideas. What what what, what, what name 3 of your most favorite books. That's okay. Another um, way of all right. Fine. At
1: okay. Yeah, now I get there. Right, sorry for my rather my rather flippant answer. <laughs> I'm going um, I'm going to do it. Okay, uh them. it would be um Bleak House. Uh-huh. Uh which is um that and the Stand are about the only thousand page plus books I've read more than once. Um Probably the Dead Zone, mm. Stephen King, which was the first Stephen King I read, and it was one of those things. It was like, for I think most writers of my generation, Stephen King is the one who was the writer that you know you would buy the books and was aware that he was a working writer, and you know, whereas you knew what he looked like and was excited by all that kind of stuff, and even people who didn't read read Stephen King. And the third one would be the Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, is, my, is I think, is like a masterpiece. It's the benchmark for thrillers. When I was writing the trilogy, actually, um, I, for Sanctus in particular, I reread quite a few books that I'd um, admired and, and reread them forensically, sort of like picking them apart and seeing you know, how they did, what, te- how, what techniques worked and how they got their effect. And Silence of the Lambs was one of them. And then I kind of superstitiously reread it before writing The Key and reread it again before writing... Uh, the Tower. I didn't read it for um, Solomon because it's a slightly different book. But it was like it was it was kind of a way of setting the bar and going that's what you're yeah. aiming. You won't get there, but that's that's bear that in mind. That's it. When um, Sanctus got when I got my deal for the first book, my agent um, knew that I was. Um, that I've revered Silence of the Lambs. And somehow, because Thomas Harris is quite reclusive, she managed to get here, she bought a first edition oh. of, and she managed to get it to him and he, he dedicated it to me. Oh, isn't that lovely? So I've got a Thomas Harris to me.
0: That's not just signed,
1: but to me, yeah. That's, so that's lovely. That's really, yeah, so there you go. So I'd have to, I'd be that specific one I took to the Desert Yeah, you, you would take that. Yeah, that one. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, now we know and we can close. Thank you so very much. This was really fun.
1: Thank you. It was lovely talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening. I'm Anna Maria Alessi. And this episode was edited by Sharon Matlin with production help from Jennifer Monroe. The books featured in this episode are available for purchase wherever books are sold. Please be sure to subscribe to Harper Audio Presents and you can send us a question or comment via our Facebook page. We hope you'll join us next time as we hear more from leading figures across books, culture and the arts, all brought to you by Harper Audio Presents.